Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought about space in my cramped apartment, but in this house, all I see is empty space. The sofa and ottoman look like tiny islands in a sea of hardwood floors. I could get two ottomans in the living room, but then I'd need another sofa. I could tell people I'm into minimalism. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Hello, this is Roger Daltrey of The Who, and you're listening to The Real Me Podcast. Presented by Teen Cancer America and produced by Pantheon Podcasts. Teen Cancer America has made an enormous impact on the lives of young people with cancer. We recognize that this age group are too old to be treated as children, but too young to be treated as older adults making the in-between years difficult at the best of times. For 31 years, Pete Townsend and I have supported the Teenage Cancer Trust in the UK, seeing the benefits that our specialist zones and programmes delivered for young people in hospitals made us determined to bring this idea across the pond to form Teen Cancer America. What you are about to hear are the authentic stories on how music can help teens and young adults process their experience as they fight this deadly disease. We support them by giving them the opportunity to work with professional musicians to develop an original song, from concept to fully produced recording. Join us as we hear their personal stories and reveal their real selves through the power of music. This is The Real Me. Welcome. This is the Real Me Podcast from Teen Cancer America in partnership with Pantheon Podcasts. I'm your host, Erin Alden. Just a little bit about me. I'm a singer, songwriter, producer in the recording industry, a TV and film veteran, and I'm so happy I get to say all the time that I am your podcast host. Each episode, we shine a light on TCA's remarkable playback program, giving adolescents and young adults or AYA cancer survivors 
the opportunity to rock. And I've said it before, they bring it every time. Today, we will be joined, as always, in the studio with our musical director, Kenley Mattis. And our guest is playback artist, Patrick Eck. Patrick's story is profound, compelling, and beautiful. You'll hear him speak about his cancer diagnosis as a teen, what he went through, and how he really didn't become his true self until his adulthood. His music is one word, magnificent. Well, as always, let me first introduce you to the musical director extraordinaire, Kenley Mattis. Hello. Hey, Aaron. Hey, uh, I'm very curious what's what's happened as of late. Oh, well, we had this really great event. Teen Cancer America had an event at the Will Rogers Park at the Polo Field. And yeah, had, I know you had talked about that. Yeah, and it was the second annual, I think it was the second one. And it was so cool because not only did we get to see horses racing by us at breakneck speed and people hitting polo balls and they all seem kind of insane but also there was lots of good food and it was a fundraiser and they raised raised a bunch of money for for our cause but also we had a few playback artists perform live which is really really fun yeah who um, was there sam diaz played a bunch of songs including some of her original songs and um christina best uh, sang some of her songs and what was really cool about it was it was it was a little bit uh more freeform than a lot of the other events would be as far as the entertainment goes. So, you know, we did, we were planning on a few songs while people came in and people really liked it. So then we came in and did some more songs and then we figured out like an impromptu song where we, we actually jammed with the, um, a woman who came and sang the national anthem, who's, who's a really talented, uh, professional, uh, Broadway, uh, singer, performer, um, Triance, uh, I, I think I'm pronouncing her name completely wrong. Trianne, that's it, Trianne. And um, she's really sweet and super talented. And so she sang with us and it was really fun. It was just like, it's it's really great to work in the studio, write songs, create with the computer and with the instruments and whatever, but then to get it out in front of people um, is just a whole another level of, of, uh, you know, expression and fun and, and being a musician and just dealing in that situation. And, and part of the fun part is just like dealing with get, what gets thrown at you as a musician, because <laughs> not that that ever happens. Yeah. <laughs> and it's never going to be perfect. And so like, you know, as you become more seasoned, as all the young playback artists are starting to realize, you know, when something doesn't work or you mess up, you roll with it. Like Miles Davis said, there's no wrong note. If I hit a wrong note, I keep hitting it till the audience likes it, you know? <laughs> That's you know? so great. I have a question, actually. So if people would like to participate in these fundraisers, they need to go up to our website, correct? To teencancerAmerica.org and check out what's the next thing that's happening. There's always something going on. Always. Events, there are wine tastings. There, um, you know, there's many, many different events. And, and we're hoping as well, you know, as COVID restrictions ease up and as we feel like it's safer for people, you know, who might be at a little bit higher risk to do a showcase where the playback artists get to perform and people will come and we'll have also guest artists. Last time we had um, Portugal, the man sat in and I mentioned this before Charlie Puth was there and Benny Blanco and and actually our next guest performed there and it was off the hook. Well, um, I'm very happy that you just set me up so beautifully, <laughs> yeah. but it is true. Today we have an artist that I have to tell you the minute that I heard him sing, 
my heart melted. That's the only only way that I can describe him. His name is Patrick Eck, and he is with us. I'm so excited, Patrick. You're here with us today. So it's welcome. It's so nice to see you. Thank you so much, Aaron. It's it's really great to be here. Uh, thank you for the for the compliments on my voice. I'm very humbled by it. <laughs> it's really um, true. You know, um, yeah. there's a lot you can tell tell about an artist very quickly on one, obviously, is the sound of your voice, but also it's the words that you speak and the instruments that you choose to surround yourself with. And it was very apparent, like I said, right out of the gate, I just melted. I just melted. Oh, wow. So I, I'm excited to talk to you about your musical journey and also about your cancer journey. I mean, you've had uh, quite a few years of both. And so I'd love it if you don't mind. Can we start from the beginning? And would you mind sharing a little bit of your story, how you found out that you had cancer and what 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 that has meant to you? Yes, of course. Yeah, I'd love to. I, I, you know, I it, it was quite some time ago. How old were you? I was 17 years old. So, okay. yeah, I'm 36 now. So it's been, you know, quite some time. Uh-huh. But uh, seeing as I was a teenager when it happened and, you know, my, my cancer journey began there and I connected with Teen Cancer America, I, I want to say maybe six to eight years after my, my cancer experience had, had finished, after I had already um beaten cancer and was getting back into regular life. Wow. Uh, uh, but it, it was something that kind of came in that I really needed yeah. because the, kind of going through the, the cancer experience as a teenager, uh, in my, it, it cut through my junior year of summer and I was out of school until midway through my senior year in high school. Um, it, it really sort of took me off the bridge a little bit when it comes to uh, development. Yeah, <laughs> and, of course. Uh, I, 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 re- I really had to battle quite a bit of uh, side effects from that, and not not just on a physical sense, but emotionally. Mm-hmm. And um, there there was a lot I had to go through. Uh, you know, we can go over that, that detail. If you yeah, like. in fact, I do. I want to I want to stop you, and I do want to go back because these shows are all about having our listeners and family members and friends learn what happens and how you do go through all of that. So uh, if we do go back a little bit, so you were 17, you were junior in high school, were you showing symptoms of some sort? How did, how did it start? And what type of cancer did you have? Yes. So I had uh, acute lymphoblastic leukemia known as ALL. Uh, So for me, it, it was sort of just this gradual thing that became more and more apparent. I was really into eating a lot of protein and working out and building up my muscles and all that, uh, just as a hobby at the time. And, uh, at some point I noticed that I I noticed a lot of swelling in my neck area and being 17 and naive and I was like, Oh, whatever. just, it'll go away. Didn't think much about it. Um, I, I think it kind of started with my primary source of water being from the tap. Mm. (laughs) I was just drinking nothing but tap water and a lot of it. Um, so I don't really know what causes it, but that's just my theory, but, um, it did start getting worse and worse instead of getting better. So at some point, I think I asked my biology teacher like, Hey, what are these? And she said, Oh, those are your lymph nodes. You probably just have a lymph node infection, but it could be like a cancer or something. And I remember at the time being like, whatever, it's not that it's probably my lymph nodes are infected. 
But at some point, it started spreading under my armpits, kind of in my groin area. And uh, at that point, I think my sister mentioned something in passing to my mom, like, how come you haven't told mom about your bumps? And my mom said, what bumps? The next day, I was getting tested at a, at a just like a sports medicine doctor. They sent us the results the next day, said, this could be leukemia. It's, you, you have to see a specialist. So my mom took me straight to UCLA, to the ER. That's just her, her that was her method of, the pro- mm-hmm. of responding to it. I would have and, done uh, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they put me and, you know, they got me set up. They took blood tests. We had to do a bone marrow biopsy. And mm-hmm. by, you know, the nighttime, I had uh, the, the doctor and then the RN come in and, and give us all the news. And uh, I, I can remember at the time my parents started crying and I just sort of, it's kind of when I put up this sort of wall that we can talk about as we move yeah. on here, but I didn't react to it emotionally. I just sort of reacted to it like, well, okay, if that's what I have, you guys, you're the doctors, tell me exactly what I need to do and I'm going to do it because I would like to you know, survive and get through it and everything. Yeah. And uh, I just sort of buried the initial response and tried to help my be strong for my parents and be strong for myself and everyone. Um, so that was when it all began and we got immediately into the treatment plan. Um, it was right about when summer had started. So I didn't immediately have to go miss any school, but you know, I, I took their suggestions to basically quarantine, um, Mm -hmm. pretty seriously. And I also had other, just, I would call them now a little bit strange reactions to the whole situation. Um, I, For instance, at the time, I was really into playing guitar. Um, My brother plays drums. We had friends who played bass guitar, piano. We we were just always playing music in the garage, which we had had labeled at the time the cave. Um, And we had a really comfortable couch in there, and I was spending a lot of time. I was pretty much playing guitar until I fell asleep in there every night. But uh, at some point, my mom was like, well, you can't do that anymore. You're going to sleep in your room all the time. And it's going to be yours and, you know, let's set it up for you because you got to go through treatment. And my response was, I, I, I wanted everything out of the room. I didn't mm. want posters. I didn't want nightstands, television, compute. I just wanted the bed, a lamp, and my nightstand. Do you think because all of those things were entertainment reminders of some sort for you? I, maybe so. I, I don't know why I responded that way. I just, I just sort of wanted a blank slate and kept it that way. And I, I wasn't listening to music, uh, throughout the experience. Um, I, I did fall into like a depression of sorts. I mean, within two months of staying home over the summer, I went from about 205 pounds and I was doing a lot of exercise, staying in shape. And within two months I dropped 70 pounds to be 135 pounds. And so I looked completely different at some point I could, my, my legs had atrophied and it was difficult to walk. Uh, the hair fell out, everything. So it started to sort of weigh on me. Uh, and of course, you know, I didn't want anybody to notice the, the internal suffering, even myself. I think I just tried to avoid talking about the discomfort even internally. So if ever people visited me or my brother came in the room, I was like, I'm fine. I'm doing good. Everything's fine. Everything's good. But, you know, he would go out and go to the beach, go to concerts, I think, you know, travel, whatever. And my friends are doing it and everything. And you sort of start to feel it. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask you if your friends, um, if your friends were helpful at all, or if you 
felt like you needed to push that. I tend to do that myself. So I understand it. I understand that. How, how was that for you? I would, I would say that everybody in my support group was amazing and supportive. Even, you know, I would consider myself what I would call a bully in high school. Hmm. Uh, I don't think I was very fair with a lot of people. And uh, the, the, the response from my classmates was amazing. I mean, they just all embraced me and really helped support me in my struggle. But I think that my, my reaction to them, like, oh, I'm doing great, everything, I'm just listening to the doctors, I'm fine. I think it's sort of had the effect of uh, making them think like, he's doing great. Look at him. He's awesome. This is great. But inside there was suffering that I just wasn't accepting or admitting to, to myself even. Um, So, you know, as time went along and I got through it and I was reintegrated back for the second semester of senior year, um, I was still growing my hair back. I look. I felt like I looked completely different. I mean, I was, I was still like 135 mm-hmm. pounds at the time, and undergoing some treatments and this and that. And then you just get back to school with the feeling of, hey, you know, there's the guy who survived. And, yeah. And everybody touches me with sort of like a soft hands and and treating me right. And I tried to be more more respectful to everyone. Of course, I wasn't getting into my old ways anymore after that. Uh, and uh, the the thing is, is Maybe it was the, the being separated from someone's from from so many people for so long, being isolated. Sort of what I what I considered my first quarantine in life, <laughs> my first <laughs> lockdown, uh, which incidentally prepared me for this past couple of years. I was just going to ask you that question. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it just sort of it made it really tough for me to reintegrate back into my life. Um, I, I developed sort of like a social anxiety disorder. I, I never went and sought help. I, I never said, I need to go see a, a therapist or a psychologist. I, I kept it inside for so many years. And it, it just sort of came out as sort of like, I had a lot of difficulty expressing myself. Even if I was just talking to my brother or my parents, I, I felt like almost like a stage fright, like that nervousness, like I, I wanted to shut down. It made me sort of avoid a lot of interactions, um, opportunities. If people were, hey, come with us for the, and I had body image issues. I had a lot of body image issues. Um, a, a lot of, uh, I would, I would say, well, I developed a couple eating disorders from it as well, maybe because of the body image issues. But you know, there were there was anorexia, there was bulimia in my journey. Um, you know, just the whole. The whole issue of I I I'm attracted to, to to women at the time and and uh, not being able to go on dates, not feeling like I was flirt. How am I going to flirt with? You know, how am I yeah. going to be able to flirt with any girls or, or take them out? How are they going to take me serious? So the whole thing just sort of like <laughs> it created a lot of uh, inner turmoil that manifested in just strange ways and, and strange. It was really hard for me. And I still just kind of never told any. It was just a journey. I was always sort of uh, moving along. And, and when people would get in touch with me, I put on my, my, I would call it my brave face. I'm like, oh, I'm doing great. Everything's good. And, and just bury it. So, I mean, it, it was something that took a couple of years to, you know, I had to go through, through college feeling like this. That made it really tough. Did you, um, let me, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to ask you. So 
obviously, as you mentioned before, music was such a big part of your life before you were diagnosed with cancer. What happened between high school and college? Did you did you ever find your way back at all to that, or was it much later on? So it took some time because since the 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 experience had atrophied so many muscles, I had basically lost the ability to play, mm. um, and I had been playing since I was thirteen. So. I felt like a lot of the progress I had made was wiped out. And then when I did start finally kind of integrating it back and trying to practice, my hands would just get like a carpal, they would just cramp up and and be really painful. So it kind of became a a point of discouragement. But uh, one of the, I, I would say that there's, you know, sometimes when you're feeling depressed down in a hole, um, you, you kind of have a tendency to keep digging deeper. Um, even if it doesn't look like it's people. But in my situation, I wanted to get out. And I realized that there was a lot of self-inflicted pain and and suffering going on that I wasn't expressing. And I knew I had to, if I wanted to get rid of the feeling of of all of these things that were kind of haunting me, um, I would have to confront them. And so you have to sort of look for ways out. You know, like I, I would say that there's many sort of uh, rings of a ladder that I would grab onto and sort of start climbing. Um, you know, at some point, speaking of the music, my brother, you know, he played drums. He had a really good friend, uh, Tim, who was a singer and Tim became my friend. We also, and and Tim actually eventually started renting a room for my mom and living with us. And he was like, Hey, you, you play guitar. Your brother plays drums. I sing. Our friend plays bass. Why don't we start a band? And I think I was still dealing with a lot of social anxiety and stuff. So I was like, uh, <laughs> like play in front of people and stuff. Um, it was a little bit, I, I would develop a lot of anxiety just thinking about it, but I, I, it looked like a ring of a ladder to kind of get out. So I grabbed on, I said, Hey, let's do it. Let's, let's play bars. Let's have fun for friends. And so we actually started creating music together and that really, I would argue helped lift me up out of a lot. I mean, the, you put your you, you face the fear. You put yourself on a stage. I had never really gotten into that as a player before, and, and we started writing our own music, which is a boost of confidence. And we actually we ended up having a lot of fun. The, the band's name was the Green Almighty. You know, we we would play all around LA and just bars and stuff for our friends, and it it, it was just a great time. We ended up making a CD even. And that that was something that helped me cope with a lot of what I was going through. Sure. Um, of, of course, at some point I met who would, who's now my wife and yeah. she helped me through and she was someone I could actually start sort of <laughs> leaking a lot of the inside info to, and she was a great guide. And then at some point is when Hillary, who right. was my ch- child life specialist at UCLA throughout my cancer experience from, from day one, I, I think she introduced herself to me. And uh, she, she was the person when I used to go have to get, I think it was bi-monthly spinal taps or maybe it was weekly spinal taps. I would lean over onto Hillary when they would Aww. administer the spinal tap, uh, you know, so <laughs> she was really there for me throughout. And she contacted me and said, hey, you know, there's this thing, Teen Cancer America, Roger Daltrey, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're setting up built environment in Santa Monica, especially. And as she kind of gave me the whole rundown of what the point of the group was and how it would be this center of support for 
teenagers going through the experience. Yeah. It just, it just hit me like this would have saved me from so much suffering. This would have been what I needed. This well, exact it was kind what of you needed. You know, I think that's the thing. People have their own personal timelines of when they think something's supposed to happen or if you're supposed to feel a certain way. And we're all very hard on ourselves. And first of all, I want to say to you that just what you've said in the last minutes that we've been on here is going to immensely help somebody that's listening, no matter how you look at it, because you're honest about the fact that you pushed things away and you didn't, you weren't honest with people when they asked you and, you know, you, you turn into a different person. That's real. And that's normal. There's nothing about it. That's not normal. It's just how you process things. So that's really, really helpful. The The second thing is, while I'm thinking about it is that um, we've mentioned Hillary throughout quite a few of our episodes and as you're hearing again, <laughs> she's such an incredible part of this program and one of the backbones of how kids are getting to, you know, get into the musical field with us. So, you know, learning from her that this was available for you and kind of opened up this new chapter. So having said that, I'm so excited to discuss with you this song, which is beautifully written and named Why. Um so let's talk about that a little bit. So you get introduced to the program by by Hillary. What happened next? Did you um, did you write a letter to Kenley, or did Kenley reach out to you? How did that happen, Kenley? Do you want to share some thoughts? Well, I remember my side of it because Patrick was the second official play it back artist, so we didn't okay. really know this was going to be a thing back then. This was just one of these ideas where we were just like something that I am able to do and something that I'm able to share and work with people. And so Patrick was, he was the first person, a playback artist who wasn't actively going through treatment, um, who'd been through his treatment. And, and the way I was introduced to Patrick at first was that Hillary had read me, I'm sorry, she gave me a speech slash poem for me to read by this amazing person named Patrick. And so I remember being in the Teen Cancer America office and reading it and being like, whoa, this is awesome. And it turned out he had read it to like recently had read it. He'll tell you it was like to a, a conference or something. I mean, I don't, I don't want to diminish it. I don't exactly remember what it was, but to a lot of people, it was something that he spoke at. And, um, and it was just so impressive. And I was like, wow, this guy's really thoughtful and smart. And then she's like, and he's a musician. And I was like, cool, let, let's meet. You know, and um, so we didn't really have like the sort of more official way we have of people getting to the program now where they go to the website and they fill out the response form and then we see it and then we call them and all that. It was just like, you know, more word of mouth that Hillary actually had a very close connection with Patrick, which I don't think I realized just how much, you know, because I, I didn't I mean, I think maybe I've heard something of that. But I loved you telling that story, Patrick, about how close how much she helped you when you were getting your spinal taps, which, by the way, from what I've heard, are not fun. So, um so anyway, to put it mildly. But anyway, so that's what I remember about first Patrick coming into my consciousness. But maybe, Patrick, you can tell me what, you know, how you sort of found out about what, what we were trying to do. Well, yeah, of course. So I, I was actively working with Teen Cancer America for, for a couple of years before I connected with uh, Kenley in terms of like pretty much any time Hillary called and said, hey, we're doing this event or maybe you want to come to this or do you want to come do a speech? I would just be like, yes, of course. So the first leg with Teen Cancer America was working with a group of other fellow survivors to help uh, kind of design the, the unit that's over at uh, UCLA Santa Monica. 
And then from there, we did all sorts of events. And she had me at one point fly out to Florida to speak to a pharmaceutical company. And then in, in this particular example, she had me speak. It was at a symposium for, I believe it was the, the top researchers of leukemia in, in the nation. Mm. And so it was just a, a great opportunity. And yeah, I, I wrote a poem. I, it just kind of came out that way. And I can send it to you and you can link it if you would like. Um, I was going to ask if it was why or something different. No, it's, it's something different. Something different. Yeah. And, and Hillary, when, when we finished, uh, I remember we were in the parking lot. She said, Pat, have you ever met Kenley? And I said, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of the name Kenley. I don't, I've never met a Kenley. <laughs> What's a Kenley? Yeah. And she said, Oh, you have to meet Kenley. He is great. And he's starting this program with music. And I think you guys would just work well. And I was like, Hey, you know, yes, let's do it. And uh, that the rest was history. I, I, I met up with Kenley over in his studio. Uh, and we right away, we just started. You know, well, the, the great thing with Kenley is I, every time I, I meet with him, he spends a lot of time just to hang out, which, uh, you know, when him and I get together, I think we spend <laughs> so much time hanging out. We're always like, oh, gosh, we have to actually like write music. Now. <laughs> uh, so uh, it, it's, it's just great. It felt comfortable. It felt like family right away. And uh, and, yeah. and Kenley and I just started. I, I had musical experience with yeah. my guitar and everything and songwriting experience. So we were able to just get a really great flow going. And the first song we recorded together is a different one than why it's one called uh, good night starshine. Yeah. It's also laced with a lot of, uh, in, you know, just references to things that in, in my life that, uh, I think that one was initially uh, sort of meant to be like a lullaby of sorts, but uh, a mm -hmm. song for my children. Um, and from there, I believe we went on to another song where we, we integrated chains and trash cans oh, yeah. and, and like choral vocal singing ideas and, and stuff. He recorded in his car. He recorded a demo in his car that we recreated here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Very cool. Yes. Okay. I, I can't wait any longer. Can we just go right into why? And then, <laughs> and then that brings us to why. So yeah. why was uh, that was an idea. I, a lot of times if I'm I, I play guitar every night, it's just sort of my meditation. And uh, there was a, a, a nice, that, that guitar um, progression just kind of came out. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is really cool. Like, I, I feel like this is, has a really good, this maybe is like something I can do with Kenley. Yeah. And I, I don't know how the lyrics came about. It just sort of, I, I think I just thinking about what can this be about? And the, the question is why? Uh, that's the title of the song. Yeah, let's just stop right there. And we'll play a little bit. We like to play a little bit of the beginning of how this song came about and how it grew. Um, so let's listen and we will come right back. Lost, I am drifting. I don't know what I'm doing here. Familiar faces and feelings. Massage my mind with answers and attention.
as we die. We cry, we ponder, we feel and wonder why. Because we're alive. Well, you guys, if you can't hear it already, this is going to be such a beautiful uh haunting journey that's the word that comes to me you know right out of the the gate but i've heard the entire song so let's talk a little bit so you guys you started to to write the song and record it um would you say that this is one of your favorite songs out of the songs that you've written i would say it's probably my favorite song um just because it's it's so comprehensive it's it's a song about life it's a it's a song asking why are we here what what's the purpose of life why and um it it tells a a story each verse is a different stage of life and i tried to make it a rounded journey um as i hope to make my own life and Mm -hmm. i wanted it to be something impactful um meaningful something i can share with my friends and family and and they could enjoy um i i you know and uh it really ended up having just layers of meaning for me uh not only being able to collaborate with kenley and we just we added so many tiny little production sprinkles and 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 yeah what you guys are gonna hear you're just gonna hear how it, it grows it just turns more beautiful by the second um cool so you get into this song, you know, and you leave. Um, what were your thoughts? How did you How did you think things were going? I mean, I know you guys have written other tunes together before this one, but tell me, tell me what you were thinking. I, I was just, I was so elated because this song took on such a journey itself. Uh, I wrote it, and I want to say before I had a chance to record it with Kenley. Kenley had heard it, and maybe we got the raw track. I, I don't quite remember, but we did a. Uh, a tea time for Teen Cancer America where we got together with a, a couple other people and it was just a very intimate setting. Oh, that's so um, nice. Yes. And it was actually with the Wands, Burns and Riley uh, families that helped start play it back too. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I, I was able to do an acoustic performance of the song and it elicited a lot of emotions. So that's kind of how the journey began. And um, I mean, from there it, it went on to be Kenley and I, collaborating adding all these different sonic layers uh my brother is actually playing drums on the most recent tracks my my best friend who i've been friends with since kindergarten michael adams is on the bass guitar on the final now is he part of your band when you guys were kids he so when i started learning (laughs) guitar my brother started learning drums he started learning bass and by a couple months later, we all knew all the Iron Maiden, all the Metallica, all the Rage. All the important she, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were doing all the, the covers. And it was always just covers inside the garage. It was never like live. Before. Yeah. We even did like a, my brother bought a four track and we did a little audio recording as well. But on top of them tracking for the song, they got to meet Kenley. We all performed together on stage after Portugal, right. the man <laughs> at this event. That, oh, like, like that's not a big thing at all. <laughs> it's just like and, and my, 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 at the time he was like two and a half. And then my daughter was, my wife was pregnant with my daughter. 
they were just there in the front row with my mom and my, my family. It was just like, it, it ended up being a huge thing for me. And, uh, and, and my brother also, if you watch the, the, the video that's uploaded on YouTube, my brother helped create a, uh, a lyric video that sort of mm. matches a lot of really deep and meaningful imagery along with the words and the music. So it further rounds out the experience and tells the story wow. uh, behind each, each, each line of, of, of lyric, because like I mentioned, the first verse is basically the perspective of a baby when they're first entering the world. And it's a very soft, gentle uh, sort of verse. Then it starts picking up in the second verse, you know, they're, they're growing up, they're, they're pre-adolescent, they're starting to get to know their environment and see what happens. Then when it really picks up and really driving, that's sort of like the teenager, rebellious, going to do whatever yeah. I want. And then, you know, it's where it is at the end. And that's sort of like once you settle down and realize that life is, uh, is worth enjoying as much as you can manage it, um, you, it, you have to find peace and, and find peace with the, the fact that someday or other it, it will come to an end. And if you can reach that point peacefully, it's a, for me, it's a, it's an ambition I, I aim for. And, you know, and, uh, that involves a lot of different criteria for me, but m mostly it's, I, I want to be on good terms with my family and, and happy with them. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to back up just a little bit because, um, your description of how the song builds is very accurate. Obviously it's your song, but, um, you'll hear you guys that each, each level of life, uh, includes more instrumentation and it was building, uh, each time, each time it, it continued to crescendo and, and move up. So let's listen a little bit to the middle part of this song because you'll hear what I'm talking about and then we'll come right back. Well, it's really cool to hear all that because I remember when he first played it for me, there was something, you know, he's an extraordinarily thoughtful person, which you can tell just from hearing Patrick speak. And then, you know, the thing that I want to point out, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, Patrick, but like you hadn't done a lot of singing before we met, right? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's this like... Right. None. Right. So this whole piece of the puzzle that we're talking about, because Patrick grew up with his brother and his friends and jamming, but he was a guitar player and he had a singer in his band. And now when we meet and he's like, you know, I had a couple and he's also a wordsmith, by the way. Right. <laughs> if you can tell. So like, you know, and that's how I met him, too. Like I before I even met him, I read his words. I'm like, this guy has a way with words. 
So now it was like, okay, well, I think I have some ideas for some songs. And so first he starts slowly with like a lullaby, which was beautiful in this kind of like odd meter thing. And I'm like, he's got this like fusion tinge, like vibe going on, which I thought was really cool. And then the next thing was this kind of like, not like a, like almost like a spiritual kind of thing, like a group vocal thing, which was really awesome. He's like, I don't sing much. And then he plays me the thing off his phone. It's got like five voices and it sounds amazing. And then he plays me this. And I was thinking, man, this is so awesome. I was so psyched to have this. And it was funny because like, I'm a songwriter, but you know, he, he just wrote these things on his own. And I was so psyched to be able to be a part of it. And then to have him get excited about the ideas that we were adding things to it and adding a piano and adding an organ and having his friend play bass on it. And yeah. So wait, wait, let's go back. Okay. So how many instruments did you play on the track, Patrick? Well, I, I created all the guitar parts and then from there, Kenley was helping. We were coming up with, he was layering the, the, any keys or organ sounds. Um, and then my, my friend played the bass and my brother did the drums. I think Kenley laid down like an initial drum track. Um, yeah. but you know, it was just, it was Kenley and I mostly, and just bounce, Hey, what if we had something here? Oh, what about something like this? And it, it just all kind of came together. So I, I did the, the guitars on there and, and the vocals. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I remember the enthusiasm that, that Patrick had, which is such a fun thing to have in the studio when we would add something to it, because to me, I'm always making stuff and I'm always layering stuff and I'm always creating. That's my, you know, that's my um, canvas. And I don't want to say I'm used to that, but like I, you know, I know how it goes and I can kind of hear like where I want it to go. But to hear Patrick's enthusiasm like was was infectious. And then to hear him go, what if we have my friend play on it? What if we have my brother play on it? Because there were like tracks that I played bass and I played drums and I was like, okay, well, let's see like what they do. And they're, they're obviously also very talented musicians and I, they beat my parts, which was so awesome. <laughs> you know, I always want someone who's going to come on the track to do better than what I did, which they did. But, um, I just, it just had a life of its own and I feel like it's bigger than Patrick and it's bigger than me and it's bigger than us who played on it. And then I got to say that that lyric video, we got to put a link to it because Patrick's brother is a very talented f- filmmaker and editor and a cool guy and into all sorts of cool stuff. But, uh, you know, I didn't realize that when I saw this lyric video and he just perfectly captured the vibe of this song. It's such a deep, beautiful song. You know, why are we here? Because we cry because we, you know, all these different things, these answers, because, because we're alive, you know, I mean, that's just it, you know, and I just loved it. And so, you know, Patrick's so humble and he's, you know, he's got so many things going on in his life. He's a dad and, and he's uh, just such a a thinker and, and he's just a great dude. And so, so I was just honored to be able to like help him realize his vision for this. And this was just, they all have magic on them, but this one, especially after I saw that lyric video, I was just blown away. Well, so we will, we, got- we will definitely make sure that we have the YouTube link up uh, when this episode goes live and absolutely we will all be looking at it probably a billion times. So <laughs> that'll help too. Um, so, so this brings me to the, the middle of, of our session. And, and usually what I like to do is if possible, speak to a family member that's, you know, done, gone through this journey with you. Um, and also I, I want to learn a little bit more about your family dynamics. Um, so your dad, yes. how many children do you have and how old are they? So I have four children. Um, the two oldest children are actually my wife's niece and nephew. 
and I oh, adopted wow. them or we adopted them when they were both, well, the, the older 17 year old now, uh, Vanessa, when she was nine years old. And then when her younger brother, Juan Daniel turned nine, we were able, they both came up from Colombia to live with us. So they were our first set of kids. And then now we have a uh, almost two-year-old and an almost five-year-old. So there's four total. Uh, there's Vanessa, Juan Daniel, Max Nicholas, and Isla Marie. Oh. And are they musical? Very musical. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sometimes you don't always get that. No, but we tend to just always have a soundtrack going. That, you know, they're all into pop music, so they're all singing, and they all know all the current stuff. And uh, Juan picked up a, a Fender guitar class through LAUSD last year, so he's playing guitar now, and he got good fast. And then uh, <laughs> Island Max, you know, we had a little drum set, so they'll go and uh, just bang away on it, little guitars. They're not too serious yet, but, you know, I, I always tell them, whenever you guys are ready, we'll... I'll, I'll yeah, teach you guys. Of course. So, How about your wife? Is your wife musical as well? Just an avid listener. Just an avid listener. Hey, that and a means great a lot. And an amazing dancer. Oh, so she's got a musical sense too. And and just my mom always showered me with just a wide range of, of music, uh, everything from classical to heavy metal. <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, my, my wife is, she ends up liking a lot of what I like. So there's, there's just always music going on around the house, and uh, it's just hard to escape the pool. <laughs> sure. Well, you mentioned your wife, Anna, and we are lucky enough to have her here with us today. So let's speak to Anna right now. Hi, Anna. Hi, Erin. How are you? Thank I'm you doing so much well. for having me. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate you taking some time. It's always so important that we learn, you know, who the support team is around the people that we love and who are going through challenges. And, you know, your story with Patrick, you kind of met on the opposite side, correct? Or did you guys meet while he was still going through treatment? No, he was already on remission and he um, was after the whole experience he had with cancer. But obviously he was still going through things at the time that he actually wasn't expressing much. But that was that's at the point where I met. Around what age was Patrick when you guys met? Oh, I, he was like 24, 23, 24. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good because I know his, his cancer journey started when he was 17. So how was it that you and Patrick met? How, what's the story? Well, I came to LA for the first time with my mom for vacation and my niece. And we got invited to a Christmas party and Patrick was there. And we, you know, we made connection right away and talked, you know, for the rest of the time I was here, we were hanging out. Obviously, I got to see how amazing he was as a person. And I felt really lucky to meet somebody with a good heart. And we stayed in touch. He went to Colombia and then everything else just, you know, moved forward. Um, it was really special. It was really, really special. And was he open with you? Um, was he open with you fairly quickly with what he'd gone through or did that take some time? Because I know he mentioned as well that it was really difficult for him to, to communicate with people about wh how he was really feeling. Yeah, no, he actually um, kept a lot of things to himself. He will tell me, you know, he, he had cancer, he survived. And 
you know, how much uh, he was in pain or all the medicines and how amazing his parents were taking him to the doctor, waiting for him many hours, you know, with him and everything. But he never really talked about the struggles he was going through um, emotionally, socially, you know, uh, that he kept to himself pretty much the whole time until um, he started his journey with Team Cancer American started opening up more about it that's my next question yeah (laughs) yeah because that that's actually a big deal it means that you know how we know how he got uh how he got involved with teen cancer america but to hear you say that really validates it because i i obviously we want to know that our aya um survivors and uh artists are able to see that bright light come Mm-hmm. No. So, okay. So he told you, you know, Hey, uh, I got connected to this program, you know, I think I'm going to do it. Was he playing any music with you before then? I know he's kind of stopped that as well. When I met him, he was playing, he had a band with his brother and uh, his brother-in-law and a friend, a really good friend of them. And, you know, they will play uh, at bars sometimes. And he, like, I mean, he played music and I know he loved music. Uh, but in terms of his uh, cancer experience, he wouldn't really talk much about it. The music didn't have any correlation with it or anything. Right. So, okay, so he, he gets involved with Kenley, and they start writing some music. What did you think when he first started? I mean, it was, uh, he, he, I think that's when he actually healed himself in many ways. Because when he started with, uh, I think, Cancer America, he started opening up i actually learned a lot of things that he went through when he was giving his talks and everything and it was amazing you know because i didn't know these things and he was my husband so it was like a therapy for him and then when he met kenley and he started writing music it was like the complete you know therapy because he was actually doing something he loved and that's when um his way of expressing a lot of things that he still has is very creative so i think that's when i actually saw him healing all of those scars and all of those um difficulties he had when he when he went through his cancer experience you know like he had some eating disorders he had some emotional and social issues that he never expressed and this totally he talked about it he wrote about it he sang about it he you know he got really creative he made really good friends with Kenley and all the team and it was just a healing, a beautiful healing process. Oh, that's so beautifully said as well. <laughs> it is a beautiful process. Um, I, I, I have not heard the other songs that he's written, but we are specifically highlighting why. Mm-hmm. And it really struck a chord with me. Uh, what did you think the first time that you heard it when it was done? Well, I was like... Um super proud of him i just can't you know it, he's so creative to me like i will never be able like i asked him how do you write these things it's just uh beautiful reading and i love his voice he was very shy about his voice and yeah it was his first time singing it. which i never would have known yeah he, i think he was thinking of maybe having somebody else sing and i'm like no it sounds amazing and i mean it's an amazing song and i know it means a lot to him that's really, really cool. Well, I, I am very, I'm very happy that he found his 
place with, you know, the playback program. And it also sounds just from speaking with you briefly that you are such an incredible support system for him. And you've got such a beautiful family. I am really um, touched by what you said about the program. And I know that will help a lot of uh, people around that support their own family and friends. And I just really thank you for spending a little bit of time with us so that you could share your opinions about the program. Oh, no, thank you. I mean, I love it. And and I really am happy I got to talk about it because it is an, such an amazing, amazing program. And it's been a positive influence to our family. Just seeing happy he, Patrick heal and be happy. And that obviously affects the whole family. And, just, you, you know, when we went to that concert, they did. And we had our baby, Max. And he, he loves his dad. He adores his dad. And seeing him up there singing and, you know, the whole team was there and I was pregnant with Ayla. It was just, you know, I think that was when, when he actually, when I, when I, I will say he actually healed, you know, he hit that like um, milestone. And it was, it was really amazing. So I'm happy to talk about it and give you my experience, my, how I feel about it. And, you know, I'm always here to support him and, I think the cause is beautiful. I think that is is really important for all the the teens and the people that are going through so much and maybe can't express it. So again, so beautifully said. <laughs> I really appreciate it. You know, thank you so much, and I hope that we will see you again in the future. And I can't wait for Patrick to inspire other artists, you know, all the other artists that are just starting the program or even thinking about starting the program, both of your testimonies will help a lot. So I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. I hope thank so. you as well. Thank you. Okay. Well, you know, um, listening to your story and hearing from your wife too, and just knowing a little bit about, um, really how how this started for you and where it's taken you did you think that you would be where you are now how old are you now if you don't mind me asking i'm 36 now and i mean i really if you asked me right when i was having going through the experience of cancer or several years anytime several years after it i would i had no vision really i just uh, i was a little bit lost and 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 down now that I've been able to climb out of all that and find resources like Teen Cancer America, find, I mean, Kenley and, and this whole project of Play It Back and and connecting music to the experience. And it's just this, it's it's like a healing mechanism that you, you just can't get in a doctor's office. It, it's something that, um, you know, it's so great to see all these other people tapping into and, 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 and using to help tell their experience, tell their stories and, and help give them a, a bit more vision because I just didn't have it. I, I never would have expected to be where I am at this age. Um, I, you know, I just didn't even have a plan. And then, a, and then a daughter came along and then a son came along and now there's four <laughs> and now there's, it's yeah. life is about so much more than just myself. And that's something that I could have realized a long time ago, but I just, I, I, I wasn't expressing the need to get help. I wasn't expressing it. I had sort of just buried a lot of it. And so I did not expect to be here and I'm humbly surprised to be here. And I hope that, as you mentioned, if, if, if my experience can help anyone else 
sort of avoid a similar trajectory and, and find more purpose in life, find, find more resilience and connect with Kenley and make more music and, and make people feel and dance and sing and whatever, then I, I hope that happens. And that only adds more value to my life because I helped. Well, you know, obviously the cliche line is, well, timing is everything, but I do end up saying that a lot because what I found through um, interviewing our AYA uh, musical guests is that sometimes it really is just timing and where you are and what your message is for other people when they need to hear it most. Sometimes it doesn't come right away, but it sounds to me like you went through such a difficult time, um, really difficult time. Just the fact that you were able to pull yourself out of it, whether that was with the added encouragement of your family or your friends or your soon-to-be wife, you know, whatever got you out of that puts you on this path where you are now. So my question to you, having said that, is you obviously were one of the pioneers, which I did not know about before until now. (laughs) So how have you connected? Have you connected and worked with other playback artists uh, since then? Well, I, I did, especially, you know, pre-pandemic, I was a lot more involved and in trying to connect with Kenley. And they we started up the weekly uh, playback uh, meetings and I was getting to meet a lot. I would say during pandemic, I sort of uh, caved in a little bit, just it's been a it's, it's, it's been a it's been a, a, a just a bumpy period of time and you know just having to manage all the different kids under my care and the bedtimes and <laughs> and the school which flipped. yeah it, it was just all so chaotic and you know the whole experience is just I'm sure it's it's been for everybody it's just been rough you know and and for different reasons and in different ways and and in terms of the outlook for what's to come and, mm-hmm. and all the social tension and all this and that. So, you know, I, I, I would say I've distanced a, a, a bit from it, but now that things are looking better now that I'm reconnecting with Kenley, we're, we're, you know, it's, 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 I'm, I'm starting to feel a renewed sense of, of devotion to the movement. Um, I've been, I haven't stopped my, my nightly guitar practice slash meditation. So there's definitely yeah, a- I've heard you play guitar so already I'm thinking <laughs> okay Patrick you need to play on somebody else's track because you're really good well, that's, and, and, <laughs> even background vocals come on <laughs> well we'll see I mean and and that's where I was leading to actually is we Kenley and yeah. I collaborated on, on a song called uh until the day the sunrise paints our faces mm. and that's the song where I, I wrote it was actually like a guitar almost like a moody rock sound and Kenley sort of adjusted it and it came out sounding like a pop uh, rhythm. And I said, actually, that sounds better. And then the lyrics I had written over it were related to sort of the pandemic and also the distance that comes with cancer treatment because pandemic or not, people get sick. They, they have to sort of distance themselves from, from any outside, you know, disease or anything as they go through treatment. So it was song about the lyrics are about, I can't wait to just be back with you and, and see the sunrise um, oh, until we can hug lovely. again until we can, you know, and uh, I, I just felt like my voice wasn't right for it. It, it required something poppier. So uh, Kenley had a different artist sing on top of it. And it sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. Like that's the way it should be. 
And now that's kind of like where I hope to swing back in is here's a bunch of song ideas. Let's have other artists just get their voices out, get their words out and put them on these songs. So that's where I hope to sort of be a renewed uh, uh, element of the whole movement and, and, and really try and help use whatever skills I've, I've accrued throughout the years of, of practice and, and, and uh, all that goes into it and, and, <laughs> and help create more music and more songs for, and more opportunities for, for, for fellow cancer survivors to express themselves and avoid the pitfall of just pretending like everything's fine. Yeah, well said, well said. So uh, real quick, Kenley, is yeah. the artist, don't say who it is if I already know, is it an artist that we've already spent some time with that sang on this track? Yeah, it is. Okay, good. Then that's going to be a reveal sometime way down the road, you guys. You're going to get another exclusive. We will highlight that song and let you guys hear it. Yeah, it's, re it's really great. And so it sort of started us to create, Patrick started to create like a riff folder. So he has his nightly sort of like guitar playing and, and he's learning how to record his own stuff. And so he throws stuff into a, a Google Drive folder for us. And then I just heard something recently that I just think is so amazing that we're going to use for something. And he's contributing that way. And and he wrote all the lyrics for this song, by the way. And um, it's really beautiful. And I'm just really happy that people are collaborating this way. And even though, you know, I mean, I think Patrick and I, we haven't been in the studio in, you know, since COVID started, but um, we have been in touch we have you know talked music and he has contributed with that song and um yeah it's really it's really great and in a way because patrick is a little bit older than the rest of the playback artists he's a bit of a, a mentor and vibe and he'll show up to our music mondays and listen in on some music and just uh, encourage everyone and heard a song that one of our artists just released uh into Spotify on her own with her own record. And he was extraordinarily encouraging on the chat that we have, which I think everyone really appreciates. And um, it's, it's, you know, everyone's got their, their role and their spot and Patrick's got his. Yeah. You know? Well, that's wonderful. Um, okay. So before we end this incredible hang, really enjoying myself, I have to say, I want you guys to hear the end of what this song turned out to be. So let's listen a little bit more to why. Um, before we spoke, before I was going to meet you today, I had written down some words that I'm going to stand behind. Haunting, deep lyrics, completely cinematic. And I'm using that specifically because if you guys are music supervisors or you know somebody that is, this song would go so <laughs> incredibly well in a beautiful film. That's how much I love this song. Maybe even a Marvel, a Marvel film. Yeah, Sorry. Any, I mean, anything. <laughs> it's so placeable. So um, I'll be your agent, Pat, just don't worry. But uh, I, I just love this song. I love, I love the way that you've expressed yourself. I love the way that you've expressed yourself today, musically, 
and how you will be in the future, because I see you being a really incredible mentor for all the kids and young adults that are going through this program. So I, I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for being really raw and open because that's difficult to do. Um, and I really look forward to interviewing you again, where we can hear maybe this song that you guys talked about, um, or maybe some new stuff. So or, or maybe, maybe when he's president of the United States, maybe. which is what I tell him, he should be. <laughs> Oh, at least governor of California. Yeah, so that's well, that would be wonderful. Um, I, I, I just have a couple of things that I usually like to end with. And, and one thing that's been kind of nine on me that I, I do want to just quickly ask you, you've got little kids and you've got older kids. Do they know? Obviously, your older kids do. But have you talked uh, in depth with all of them or do the little ones not know that much yet? I mean, I know that's a yeah, Weird so have a toddler know about, but how 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 has it affected? How has it affected your children, or did it? No, that, that's a great question, and uh, I, I guess first of all, thank you for all the compliments about the song and the uh, music, and I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it, um, and I hope that others end up enjoying it as well. And now, uh, in terms of my kids, my my older kids definitely they're fully aware of what I went through. Um, I pretty much when my oldest when the, my oldest daughter came to live with us was around the time when I was getting really heavily involved with Hillary and Teen Cancer America. And I sort of just naturally kind of got her into it. She would come to me with the, uh, with me to the events. I, uh, you know, I would introduce her to everybody. She kind of started getting to know people and for her, it, she really, it, it meant something to her. She really got something from it. And she always had questions. Oh, and what about her? And, uh, and how's she doing? And, um, she really took to it. So naturally when her brother came, you know, come along, you're coming with us. And, and I've been very open with them. Anytime they have any questions about how my struggle was, um, there's, there's some details that I couldn't get into here, uh, that they haven't asked me about, but you know, there's a lot of dark details and haunting details involved with the experience that are maybe, you know, more mature, but I always have a sort of a, open door policy with them where if, if they ask me a question, I have to be honest. So if the question ever comes, it's just the answer is going to come out no matter how they are going to receive it. But, you know, it's kind of like the song says, you know, why are we here? And it's because we're here, you know, we can't change it because we're, I'm here because we're here. Uh, we cry, we die, we think, we wonder. There's, it's just a mix of emotions and, and observations and, and, and feelings and, and experiences. And you, you might as well see everything for what it is and try and understand it as part of your experience, part of who you are. And hopefully all of that adds up to you um, just saying, you know what, we're here, we're alive. Why worry about it? Why not just enjoy it and, and make something of it? And that's what I'm just trying to, you know, do with them as a dad <laughs> is yeah. you have to, you have to set your life up in a way where you're going to enjoy it as much as possible. And it's, it's not going to come from just uh, avoiding grief or wallowing in grief, but facing it and understanding it and seeing how you can use your knowledge to help yourself and help others. Um, so I guess that's, that's uh, where they stand in terms of my experience. And as soon as the younger ones get to wondering, they're gonna they're gonna get the same message that you know it was a tough experience, but that's why you have to enjoy your life. 
So usually when we get to this point, I ask, are there any words of wisdom that you would like to pass along? And to be honest with you, you've passed along so many beautiful things that I don't feel like I need to ask you that question. (laughs) But my last question to you now is, what's next? What's next for you? Okay, well, I'll start with some words of wisdom. If, okay. if my experience sounds like something you're going through or that you went through or that somebody you know has went through, the best words of wisdom I can offer you is contact Kenley and start writing some music <laughs> because it will help and we can use your help and the world needs to hear your experience, your struggles, your 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 ups, your downs, your all about it and, and just get connected and, and start breathing a little easier because it's it's just an there's no way to describe the experience other than just living it so that's my words of wisdom contact Henley (laughs) and (laughs) in terms of where do I go next I you know uh my philosophy with life is just go with the flow a little bit and with 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 play it back my next steps uh, will be to be more involved to get more of these ideas down onto 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 the onto the record and start just seeing how I can use what skills I do have to just make more and more and as much music as possible. Uh with, with Kenley I, I understand that, you know, he's a great friend and an amazing mentor in this area. And it's just it's been so much fun. It's just one of the things in my life that I look at and I just think this is always fun (laughs) it's always great so um i'm just gonna keep making music um keep helping others and just keep trying to enjoy life thank you thank you for spending time with us today thank you for the encouragement encouraging words that people will hear for tomorrow and i look forward we all look forward to hearing more music from you soon and uh thank you so much you're welcome thanks patrick thank you all too much Okay, here's our exclusive. Please go to our website, teencanceramerica.org. Go to the Play It Back program where you can listen and stream Patrick's full song of why and learn much more about Teen Cancer America. Also, if you are interested in participating in our program, maybe you're a singer, musician, engineer, please send us a note through the website. We would love to hear from you. And most importantly, thank you for listening and sharing our stories. That wraps up our show for today. I can't wait to introduce you to our next Play It Back artist. Stay tuned. The Real Me is presented by Teen Cancer America and produced by Pantheon Podcasts. Hosted by Erin Alden, produced by Christian Swain and Erin Alden. All music performed by the Play It Back music players, led by Kenley Mattis. Sound designed by Jerry Danielson. And please... Visit TeenCancerAmerica.org to listen to today's full song and to find out more information on these amazing young people. And if you can, please donate. Even the price of a cup of coffee would greatly be appreciated by us. And anything you can do to help these young people will be richly rewarded, I'm sure.
92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. It never dawned on me how much walking I used to do until I bought a house in the suburbs. Like when I'd say, I'm going for coffee, of course I was walking, but now it's like three miles and no latte's worth that. I find myself inviting people on walks with me like it's a scheduled activity. This morning, my neighbor asked me what I'm doing and I actually said, I'm going for a walk with Nancy. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers.